This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. Good morning, everybody. Welcome, welcome to this 27th day, September 2023. I am Vince Russo, and you are not. And on this special day, I want to shout out a very happy birthday to my wife, Amy. It is Amy's birthday today. And uh, I hope she has a glorious day. Uh, we're going to go out to dinner a little later on tonight. Um, happy birthday, Miss Amy Russo. Man, last night was a weird night, guys. Um, I finished doing um, castrating the marks, and it was like 7.30-ish. And I was really, really, really tired. So I laid down to uh, watch a little Everybody Loves Raymond, man. And, and it was so comfortable. Uh, Amy was next to me, uh, Penelope was between us. And I was just like, man, I just, I just want to lay here and I don't even want to get up, but I don't know what it is about me, bro. But like every time I am resting or like doing nothing, I always feel like I need to be doing something. So like, I cannot just lay there and not do anything. Um, I always feel like I have to get up, but, um, last night I forced myself to lay down and it was about seven 30 and, um, watching Raymond. I think Raymond went into uh, King of Queens and then I'm kind of going in and out. Next thing I know, I wake up and it's about 1230. So I had about five hours of semi-sleep. I went downstairs, bro, got on my computer, checked my fantasy football. Um, I think I even did a Twitch stream. I think I I did a Twitch stream at about 3 o'clock in the morning. I can't even remember. And then there was a a tweet of uh, Dave LaGreca, my good friend from Busted Open Radio. Uh, and he, there was a clip with him in Bully Ray, and he's making the statement that the WWE is going to make Jade Cargill a mega star. So I saw this comment, and I chuckled because I'm like, who? Who, who is going to make her a mega star? Who? Triple H? Paul Heyman? Vince McMahon? Who's going to make her a mega star? They don't make mega stars anymore, bro. So I, I I wrote to Dave and I simply asked him that question. Who, Dave? Who's going to make Jade Cargill a mega star? Who? Tell, tell me who. Give me a name. Who? So after that, I laid back down, bro. I'm usually up by 6 a.m. But I mean, bro, it was about, gosh, bro, 3.30, 4 o'clock now. I laid back down. Um, I didn't get up till 9 o'clock. And uh, when I got up, I uh, went on my computer, and there was a message from Busted Open Radio. They wanted me on the show in like 30 minutes. 
Bro, I never turned down Busted Open Radio. I love those people over there. I, I really do, bro. I love Mickey. I, I love Tommy. I love Bubba. I always liked Mark Henry. I love Dave LaGreca, even though him and I agree on a lot of things. So I, I jumped on the opportunity. So I went on um, Busted Open this morning, and I asked Dave the same question. Who, who's going to make her a megastar? Who? She's going to become, bro, just another wrestler on the roster, like like they all do. But we had a great, 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 great discussion. And, you know, I got to tell you, man, Busted Open, man, they, their producers, you know, they always think of me. Uh, every time there's an opportunity to get me on the show, they get me on the show. And every time they get uh, have an opportunity to put me on the show, they put me on the show. And I am very thankful. They got a huge audience. I love that show. I really do. And I'm going to segue into what this show is about when I talk about being very thankful to that crew for having me on the show. Um, Because it does help. They got a huge following. When I'm on there, you know, it helps my social media platforms, which in turn help my, uh, uh, you know, Russo's brand and Patreon and all that stuff. Thankful, bro. Thankful, thankful, thankful. And I was not going to let today go, bro, without dedicating um, this show to somebody who was very, 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 very important in my life, man. And I'm just, I'm not just going to forget. This is a dedication where I am going to talk about and celebrate his life and and his memory. You know, bro, I was on um I was on X about a week and a half ago. And somebody had replayed um somebody put up the clip of Bob Backlund choking out the assistant editor of the WWF magazine, Louis Gianfrido. And um, when I saw that clip, man, it brought back great memories. I was there for that. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute, how how excited Louie was for the opportunity. And um, I uh, I tweeted out, uh, you know, how great Louie G and Frito was. And uh, if it wasn't for him, bro, I literally, my existence could have been two weeks uh, in the WWF, and I'll explain that to you in a minute. So I put Louie over publicly, and then somebody wrote back and say and said, yeah, man, I can't believe he recently passed away. And I was like, what? And I went on um, Google, and I saw that Louie passed away um at 55 years old and man it, it it's those times when you just feel like somebody yanks your freaking heart out of your chest it's just something man that totally blindsides you that you weren't thinking about you weren't considering and all of a sudden man the reality of it is that louis is gone and um bro i do not forget I do not forget, man. If you know Italians, good, bad, or indifferent, they 
do not forget. And I want to go back, man, to my early days at the WWE magazine, WWF magazine. These are things I, I rarely talk about. But, bro, it was an Italian connection. It was an Italian connection. Because Ed Rashuti was the editor of the magazine. Lou Gianfrido was the assistant editor of the magazine. And then Ed brought Vince Russo in as a freelance writer. So there was definitely an Italian thing going on there, uh, an Italian loyalty thing without a shadow of a doubt. That that's That's what was going on. Shortly thereafter... Ed Ed got fired, and Ed was a great dude, bro. What a great freaking dude he was. And I had heard stories that he used to, you know, bump heads with Vince uh, McMahon here and there. And, and again, bro, like, Ed was not of the wrestling ilk. Uh, Ed, Ed was a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant man. Um, and he was not really of that world. And um, him and Vince used to bump heads. And the next thing I know, Ed was released. And I got the interview. I got the opportunity to interview for the job. And I got the job. This is where I met little Louis G and Frito. And when I, when I say little bro, I mean little. The guy was short. He had to be about five foot four. Um, bro. 100%, and I'm going to use the word because I don't know what other word to use. Uh, 100% Guinea, like Italian to the core. You looked at Louis, you knew Louis was an Italian dude and a traditional, traditional Italian dude. And bro, Louis was short in stature, but he was also a bodybuilder, bro. And he would compete in uh, amateur bodybuilding shows. And he always, he took great pride in, uh, you know, drug-free contests, bro. Drug-free. Everything Louis did was diet and working out and drug-free. Every contest Louis was in, Louis got tested. He won a few of those contests. He took such great, great pride, bro, in uh, his bodybuilding. As a matter of fact, man, many, many times he would actually work out with Vince and Vince's trainer in the uh, gym that was on the basement floor of the WWE. But, bro, Italian Guinea to the T. And Louis was obsessed with the mafia and mobsters, bro, obsessed. He knew everything, bro, about every gangster and about every crime family, everything, bro, going back to prohibition. He knew everything. And, you know, like I said, bro, Louis was about seven years younger than me. So Louis's very young at this age, man. I think I got into the WWE when I was 32 or something. Louis's about 25. And, bro, what I loved about him immediately, bro, because if you guys know this, you know this about me. 
Louie was a character through and through, bro. A gimmick. Louie was a gimmick. I love gimmicks. I love people that are different. I love people that stand out. And that's why I was immediately drawn to Louie. And um, I, I made it a point while I was there to always take care of Louie. And, bro, Louie, like my first day on the job, gave me the best advice that anybody in the wrestling business ever gave me. And, bro, I am literally talking about a day or two on the job. Bro, in the WWE, man, you would have an office. And you had four walls to that office. And you got to tell creative services what posters, frame posters of which wrestlers you would want up in your office. Which was pretty cool, bro, because, you know, they had posters of everybody. So when when you came in and they gave you your office, you would tell them, I want these posters on my wall. I, I know I definitely had Savage put up. So everybody's got their posters in their office. But when I went into Louie's office, bro, there was nothing on the walls. And there were no little trinkets, no little knickknacks. It was as genetic, generic as an office as you can get. And I remember walking in there like, bro, day one or two on the job. And I said, Louie, why, why don't you have posters on the wall? Reminds me of do the right thing. Why are there no brothers on the wall? Remember that, bro? Do the right thing. Louie, where are your posters? And, bro, I'll never forget these words. Louis basically said to me, he said, Vince, this is the wrestling business. You could be gone in a day. Every day could be your last day. So when my last day comes, I want to put my couple of things in a box, and I want to walk out the door. And... I did not understand that at that point, but it was just literally a matter of weeks before I absolutely got what Louie was trying to tell me. Early on, bro, Louie would spend hours, hours in my office, man, smartening me up to the wrestling business. And, bro, this is the old school wrestling business. This is not the shit you're seeing today. This is old school wrestling business. And and Louie would teach me the, the etiquette, the way to carry myself, what to say, what not to say. Um, would go to TVs with me and introduce me to the boys because, bro, like, Louie would be the first to say, I'm not one of the boys. I'm not one of the boys. He would respect the boys like they, they were a fraternity. And he would always make it clear, I'm not one of the boys. But, bro, watching him, he was as close to one of the boys as you could imagine. Because he respected what they did so much, bro. And because of that, they had a respect for Louie. 
Uh, when you talk about old school, man, Louis' closest friend in the office was probably uh, Arnold Skolin. Arnold, Arnold Skolin, man, was about as old school as it gets, and him and Louis were very, very tight. Uh, Louis was very tight with referee Tim White. And uh, talent-wise, bro, Louis had a great relationship with uh, Randy Savage. So that's why, man, when you see that scene of uh, Backlund putting Louie in the chicken wing, you know, Savage is on color and Savage makes the save. And uh, Savage uh, really, really admired Louie and had a really tight relationship with Louie. And, bro, you talk about loyal, loyal down to the dime, man. Italians tend to be loyal, bro. There's two things about Italians. They, A, tend to be very loyal. But if you cross them, bro, they'll never forgive you for it, and they'll never forget it. And uh, Louis gave me an education, bro, that so many people in this business today need. And, uh, you know, a a new regime came in, bro, uh, Soon, the um, publisher of the magazine was let go. Tom Emanuel, who was an uh, an Englishman and a brilliant dude, brilliant dude, he was let go. They brought in an accountant to run publishing, Bob Mitchell. Bob Mitchell had a chip on his freaking shoulder. And it was just a matter of time before Bob Mitchell fired Louis Gianfrido. Bro, I came to a hair of being fired by Bob Mitchell. Because, bro, they were trying to do these. He was trying to do, bro, these crazy things with the magazine. And then Vince hired another guy called Osbear. And, like, they were not wrestling fans at all, didn't give a shit about wrestling, and they were trying to take things in a direction that had nothing to do with wrestling. And I remember, bro, there was some trouble in paradise between Bob Mitchell and Osbear, and uh, I was working for them. And Linda called me in the office. Now, guys, you got to understand, I, I'm th- th- their pay grade and the level of their positions were so high above mine. I am not looking to get their freaking jobs, bro. I was the editor of the magazine and very happy. But there had to be some problems at the upper level. And Linda called me into her office. And she started questioning the both of the, she started questioning me about the both of them. And uh, I, I really, to this day, man, I admire and respect Linda McMahon so much. She was my boss. And I just told her the truth. I told her what was going on. I told her what some of their ideas were. For I remember they wanted to put like The Undertaker and children's books and shit like this. And, uh, I just answered her questions and was absolutely honest with her. Bro, they caught wind of it. Call me in the office, cut a freaking promo on me. Told me that I was lucky they didn't fire me on the spot, yada, yada, yada. 
And the next day, they were both fired on the spot. That's how close, bro, I was to being ousted um, at the WWE. Bro, I also remember early on, man, the first week, the first two weeks, bro, I was commuting from Long Island to Connecticut every single day. And it was hours and it was brutal. And I remember questioning, do I really want this job? Is is this what I really want? Do I really want to do this? And man, I was really questioning that my first couple of weeks in. But uh, I stuck it out, bro. And Louie was right there with me, bro. Right there with me. And then Mitchell... You know, let Louie go because, bro, you know those people. You give them a little bit of stroke. And, uh, you know, bro, they got to flex their muscles. And uh, obviously, man, I would stay in touch with Louie. Louie was my biggest fan, bro, when it came to the Attitude Era. Uh, he would constantly call me, and it was always, Vince, do you realize what you, you're doing? Do you understand what you're doing? You're revolutionizing the wrestling business. More people are watching wrestling than ever before. He would sing my praises, bro. Sing my praises that I used to, okay, like, Louie, I appreciate that, but please, man, like, I, I, I really do appreciate that. Oh, my God, bro. Would he go out of his way? Even after the company let him go. And he would always call me up, bro, and he would always give me that speech. And, you know, bro, then, you know, when I went on the WW, WCW, whatever, we, we always stayed in contact and we always stayed in touch. Okay, bro? Bro, I'm telling you, like, it's, it's an Italian thing. You know, when, when somebody does something like that for you, you don't ever forget. And I'll never forget, bro. And I thank God for this. When I left uh, TNA, bro, I did a, uh, the poster is behind me, bro. The, the, I, I did a, uh, uh, I did a Christian wrestling show. And the first person I called to help me out was Louie. Um, because again, I never forgot Louie and I wanted to give back to Louie and bro, we're talking now about, I don't know, 2003. So, you know, I, I met the dude, you know, when I first got started, like 1993. So this is like 10 years after, and he's the first guy I called. I wanted him to come work with me to be a part of the show. I flew him in, uh, and bro, like this meant the freaking world to him. And then what I did, bro, was I gave Louie the envelopes with the money to pay the boys off. And oh, my God, bro, <laughs> Louie took that as the greatest, greatest, greatest honor uh, because he said, Vince, I know, you know, I know what it means to give the boys the payoffs and the fact that you're asking me to do it. Bro, this guy was his old school, old school as you could get, man, and such a character and such a gimmick, bro. He had a, he had a he had kind of like a rat face, man. He and he always had bags under his eyes, and he was always chewing, bro. He was always chewing tobacco and always had a spit cup all the time, all the time, bro. 
Um, and, uh, bro, there was never anybody like Louis in my life, man. Never anybody like Louis in my life. That's why I, I was so shocked because bro, I, I got to tell you what, what, what had happened was over the years, um, Louis really started drinking and he really started drinking very heavily. And, um, Every time I would pick up the phone to call Louie, no matter what time of day it was, man, I knew he'd been drinking. And, bro, when he was drinking, um, sometimes he would get hot at me for not calling him all the time. Bro, I'll, I'll never forget, man, like my my last conversation with China, he was out of it. I, I don't know if it was booze. I don't know if it was alcohol. I don't know if it was the combination of both. And bro, I don't know what it was about me. I don't know if it was because I felt such a sense of helplessness that I, you know, like I can't help them. They've got to want to help themselves. And at, at that point, there would kind of be some a, a little bit of a distance because every time I spoke to him, bro, he was he had too much to drink, and it it, it I think the underlining tone with both of them was it broke my freaking heart. It broke my heart. Uh, China was a full fledged addict, and Louis was a full fledged alcoholic. And I think there was a part of me that wanted so badly to help them, but there was nothing I could do. And I guess, bro, the way I dealt with that was to let the conversations come become fewer and fewer and fewer. Um, and yeah, bro, looking back, do I regret that? Absolutely, 1,000%. But that is the only way I knew how to deal with it at the time. So I'm not going to beat myself up that badly. I, I am a human being. You know, I love these people. And this is this is the only way I, I could deal with it, bro. It, I, I talked to you guys about my mother's death. My mother's death is way, 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 way locked in a box in the back of a closet, man. I've never dealt with it. And I think I kind of felt the same way about uh, China and, and Louis. And, uh, you know, bro, it wasn't that long ago. I mean, I, I man, I, I don't know, bro. The last conversation I had with Louis was here in Colorado. And I remember I was on the phone with him for hours. And I remember that he had been drinking. And um, I don't know, bro, maybe this was, oh, man, I, I don't know, bro, six years ago, something like that. I can't I can't put a, a, a pin on the timeline. Um, man, I can remember talking to Louie about, bro, wanting to do a podcast, wanting to do a podcast with him maybe getting him back into wrestling in, in that way. <laughs> but, bro, he was so non-technical, man, as far as, like, even logging on to the computer. Like, he was so non-technical, bro, 
that he made me look like Stevie Richards. Seriously. Didn't know how to log on to a computer. Didn't have a computer. Like, I just could never make it happen. Because I wanted to bring this character uh, on with me. And I also, you know, wanted to pay Louie his due respects. But that never happened. And it was probably, like I said, bro, maybe six, seven years ago, I had my last conversation with him. I had no idea. I don't, bro, I don't know how he passed. Um, I have no idea. I, I would have to think it probably had something to do with his disease, and that's what alcoholism is. But I don't know. I just know that I could not believe that he was gone. I, I just, I, I never, I could not believe it. Um, uh, Keith Elliott Greenberg, bro, uh, reached out to me a couple of days ago. I wanted him to come on this show with me because, you know, Keith worked with me when we both worked with Louie. And I know Keith had fond, fond memories of Louis Jean Frito. Bro, these are the people in the wrestling business that never get talked about, man that never get talked about, that are never given their due, um, that are never given their applause, that are never, ever, ever given their credit. Uh, there, there, are, you know, there are people like Louie that are the glue, bro, behind the scenes. And uh, I wanted to take today, bro, to just dedicate this show to him, man, to, to let him know I never forgot him. I will never forget him. He will always, always, always be in my heart. And I will never be able to thank him for the things he did for me. Louie, I love you, bro. You're forever going to be in my heart, man. And I will never, ever, ever forget you. See you next week, everybody.